0: Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host Jolene, and I guess before we start this episode, I don't know the order I'm releasing this in, but there's a Patreon now, there'll be a link in the show description. I'm going to keep doing the show as I've been doing it, on the release schedule that I've been doing it, no changes to that, but there's a Patreon now if you want to support us. And I will probably be throwing some bonus episodes up on there that will just sort of be me talking about um, other things germane to the show's ethos, maybe like book reviews, movie reviews, might do some like more academic, talk about some articles or something. I don't know exactly what yet, but um, it's gonna be fun. So Patreon down below, go sign up if you feel called to. If you don't, that's great. Um, thank you anyways for listening. This week I have with me two two guests. Um, I have two puppy girls. Puppy and Olivia. Would you guys like to introduce yourself? I guess Olivia, your name is first on my list. Olivia, say hello.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it's uh, This is my first podcast that I've been interviewed on. Um, and first interview as a puppy girl as well so this will be be interesting i kind of forget that people didn't didn't realize that i I guess i kind of forget that not everybody just is inherently like built as a puppy girl so this will be like an eye-opening experience
2: yeah and puppy yeah
0: speak (laughs)
3: <laughs> Hi, you can just call me puppy. Um I've just been doing puppy stuff for a long time. Um and have really made being a puppy like a big part of my identity um, and a big part of like my personality and my relationships for a long time. And it's nice to be able to come on a show and talk about that and I think it's really cool what you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of I'm really excited to yeah, this is a thing that I don't really know that much about. Um, so I'm really excited to learn. I guess um, I mean, so we start the episode with like a kind of the the sort of question that I start most episodes with is I ask my guests to describe their genders. Um, I guess we'll, we'll keep the order Olivia and then Puppy just sort of uh, by default. If you guys want to give me quick what's your, what are your genders
1: uh yeah it- i mean um i guess if we're going if we're going just standard you know easy to just it's uh just just a trans femme trans girl um but you know it's, it's always a little bit more weird and complicated than that uh, but i was mostly just drawn to being like a puppy girl in general because it wasn't like a part of the like anthropomorphized furry community, which I'm
2: like I didn't want to be a part of, but it was also like a pet play thing okay. What about you, puppy? Um,
3: yeah, gender's always a complicated question. Um, you know, like the easy answers that I identify with a, as a woman, but it gets a lot more complicated than that. Um, I think that. A lot of my gender identity and my gender expression, performance, et cetera, is informed um, by being non-binary, by being a lesbian and by being a puppy, um, you know, and really identifying with and being a part of all these communities. And I'm especially excited to talk about today how I interface with one of those communities and how that relates to my own identity specifically, which is being a puppy.
0: Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's really fun. I'm curious. I know that. Um, so Olivia mentioned right that uh, she she does not sort of. This doesn't really fall under the kind of furry umbrella for her. Does it fall under that for you or?
3: It actually you? does. Um, <laughs> I definitely consider myself a furry, um, and okay. like I think it's totally like cool that people you know like that there are puppy girls who don't consider themselves part of that community. Wouldn't ter- use that term to describe themselves. And I do think what's cool about pups kind of like as, um, you know, like in the queer community, you have this like sort of both pup subculture is that it's not entirely the same thing as being a furry. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I think that, sorry, to drink some water there. I think that part of a cool thing about being a puppy for me is kind of having to have a world, or a foot rather, in both of those worlds, have a paw in both of those worlds, um, and how on one side you could be like a puppy, um, and like there's like this whole sort of like pup thing, pet play um, community going on, and then there's also furries, and you can express yourself using like an anthropomorphic animal character, and I think that's really neat. Um, So for me, definitely a part of it, to do with being a furry but i also really like how it's sort of its own thing that's not entirely the same as being a furry
1: yes that's the same reason that drew me to it is because uh i i didn't really find the furry art style to be like i was ever uh, attracted to or interested in but the whole you know like role in of a household of being a puppy is is very uh very much more appealing in like a completely different like non you know non like sexual art type of way it's just like uh a comfort
2: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i also find it very comfortable and comforting too like especially to be treated like a puppy i find that very comforting
0: okay hell yeah hell yeah how how long have you have you been been doing this like this thing?
1: Uh, I've been doing this for almost a year now. I'd say you know, going by puppy at home,
2: uh, that sort of thing, filling that role, going on walks with leashes and stuff for around a year, yeah. <sighs>
0: Um,
3: I started identifying with dogs probably around 2016, 2017. Um, and I especially, like, this was back sort of like when like weird Facebook or book was more of a thing. I followed a lot of pages for like Shiba Inu dogs, um, and I just thought they were really neat and I gradually started to see myself in these animals and i got involved in these communities based around being a puppy um or you know for furries or for pups and all pet play type stuff um and i just found um communities that i could identify with and that helped me frame um, my own identity in a way that worked for me um around sort of late 2020, a little more than two years ago now, um, I did start to identify with it less. Um, but then in recent months, I there was like this wave I noticed of like trans puppy girls. And I was kind of like, okay, well, let me show these girls who's mother. Um, because it was like this thing that I had always so strongly identified with. And seeing all this going on, sort of like, brought the feelings back that led me there in the first place and i really started to strongly identify like with puppies and as a puppy again um and started to really incorporate that into my identity into my expression into my interpersonal relationships and i rediscovered something that was i think really fun um and something that had been dormant for a little while and then i realized like oh wait i had a lot of fun just like barking
1: yeah, and, and I think it's the, it's the part of it where you can uh, be vulnerable to people in a specific way. Like, I'm not just going to go around, me, like me personally, like embark at, at random folks. but I, but to people that I care about or people that I'm close to, I'm more willing to be open about that, because I feel like it's sort of showing a more vulnerable side of yourself that that is possible to take advantage of and like so i kind of you know you kind of have to keep the guard up around that
3: mm-hmm. yeah um and i definitely also have some close friendships with people um, where they uh, you know being treated like a puppy being like their dog um is uh is the dynamic around how our friendship um is a dynamic around which our friendship is built and the expression of vulnerability that you brought up, Olivia, it really resonates with me too. Um, it's really nice to be able to um, create a space with somebody where you feel cared for, where you get to feel simultaneously vulnerable and safe. Um, and then I might express myself in a puppy. I mean, It doesn't come up like at work, um, but like, you know, like with friends and stuff, um, people seem to like, respond well to me like expressing myself it's a puppy i don't know if that's a company i keep or just like i hang out with weirdos and freaks or what um but people i think find dogs really charming you know and like humans and dogs have uh a really close relationship as far as two different species of animal go and so when people see somebody take on the role of a dog it um they find that very charismatic, they find people find it very charming, very cute, and it's nice to be able to like, get attention from people in that way. <laughs> and it's just a, it's a, it's a cool framework for approaching interactions with other people and, you know, your interpersonal relationships in the right context.
2: Oh yeah. Hell yeah. It's, it's nice to fill a role.
1: You know, it's it's nice to have a have a spot where your puzzle piece fits. I think everybody I think everybody wants that in whatever form of life they have.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and also for me, like being autistic, like having like a role, having like a defined set of actions and like almost like a script to follow is really helpful because you can feel really lost in, as an autistic person in interpersonal situations. And, like, a friend brought this up to me, that, like, being, like, the way, there's a lot of cultural understanding about how we talk about dogs and how we treat dogs that provides a script for the whole puppy-girl interactions. And so it's, like it's like a built-in formula for having like a fun interaction with somebody when socialization can be simultaneously rewarding and really stressful it helps take the stress out of things a little bit
2: yeah you only have to remember one word and it's just you know it's it's pretty easy you just <laughs> that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense um
0: I'm curious, and sort of for for each of you, how does this sort of interface with your transition? And I guess the question is maybe sort of like, where does this happen temporally relative to your transition? Was this like something that you got into prior to coming out as trans or understanding yourself as trans? Was it something that was sort of happening around the same time? Did it happen after?
1: Honestly, like, one of, one of the earlier memories I have of, like, childhood, uh, you know, third, fourth grade, not childhood, childhood, but, like, you know, pretty, pretty early on, um, was before our family had a dog. And I was just obsessed with the Dogs game for the Nintendo DS, because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, it was a tremendous game. I don't know why the next But anyway, um, I really wanted a dog. Uh, around the house and our parents like we just didn't have one and so I just started pretending to be a dog for weeks at a time and uh, eventually it kind of you know went away once we had a dog and started to be you know uh, maturing more and uh, then over the last like you know year year and a half I started uh Doing graffiti with like a pup girl tag and started playing live shows under that that pup girl moniker. And it sort of has allowed me to like use this like puppy persona, puppy uh, headspace as sort of a a shield from the inherent like nervousness and anxiety that comes with performing in front of people. Um, So it's kind of been able to do that and it's also just been nice to have these very defined roles because they are so analogous to transition at least for me where it's like if i'm going to be the puppy i have to do the puppy things and so it really is easy to conceptualize that in my head and then i can apply that to other things you know if i want to be treated as x
2: i have to do y mm-hmm.
3: I, um... I always, like, liked dogs. Um, I didn't grow up with animals, and I always wanted a dog. Um, my mother was always against it, and but I always wanted a dog. I was really liked dogs. Um, for me, sort of identifying, like, the, the initial sort of shift from I like dogs to I'm a dog happened actually around the same time um, as I was... Um, starting my transition, uh, you know, kind of coming out, getting on HRT, all that stuff.
2: And,
3: um, I just was becoming involved in all these communities and, like, basically I came out as, you know, trans and started hanging out with and, like, talking to gay people basically more. Um, and then I identified, found that I've identified with this community. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm a pup. I like dogs. Um the time in my life between then and now where I started to feel less like a pup, is and it's interesting you brought this up, uh, Jillian, is when I also started to really um uh, I was also reassessing my gender identity a lot. And for me, um, and this was more the furry side of things, part of right I Uh, assessing my gender identity and assessing my identity in general um, was like okay well like what's my fursona going to be what kind of animal am I and I was like well maybe I'm not a dog and I like tried other animal roles for a little bit um, and then I found that being a puppy just synced with me in a way that other things didn't and As, you know, these past two years, two two and a half years, I've been exploring my gender identity a lot, and part of that has been sort of moving away from and then rediscovering this idea of of being a puppy and this role of being a puppy and how identifying as a dog and with dogs plays uh, a role in my gender
2: identity.
0: That's that's really interesting to hear. I'm curious, what were the sort of, like, were there, what things maybe, what, what sorts of things felt different about being a puppy versus other things that you tried or other things that you were considering? And
3: um, I think around the time where I thought being a puppy might not work for me anymore, I... Um, was just generally questioning sort of my whole, there was a lot going on where I was questioning my identity. This is around the time like I I changed my name, I started um, changing up like my gender presentation a lot. Um, And I was really going through a transition period in my life. And I was starting to, um, part of that involved rethinking an approach to my gender identity. And for so long, like being a puppy was like my whole thing it felt like I couldn't be a different person without not being a puppy. It had come to like be like my whole thing. Um, And I guess in retrospect, you know, there's definitely room to change and grow as a person within the framework of being a puppy. maybe I should say change and grow as a puppy. Um, But it just, I don't know. I wanted to like, how I thought of myself was changing and part of me said well maybe i'm not a puppy and that's the part of me that's um a point of change although i think lately i found it being more of a point of continuity um i had some kind of like i experimented with some kind of like cat and wildcat um based personas um for a little bit uh the um the thing is, too, like the. I felt like being like no shade to anybody, the, no shade to cats out there, but I felt like the trans cat girl thing had sort of become a very tired trope. Um, and I felt like the sense of community around uh, these other sort of animal identities wasn't as rich uh, because it's like, okay, well, you can be like a furry. But, like, part of the appeal I talked about with regards to being a puppy is being able to have, like, a paw in the furry community and a paw outside of the furry community. And both of those spaces uh, play a lot of role, play a big role, rather, in your identity as as a dog. Um, And then part of it is just, like... Being a puppy is a lot of fun, and it really, like I mentioned earlier, provides a script for you to approach situations and approach your interactions with others in a way that's fun, that's affirming, where you can feel taken care of. And I just didn't feel... I didn't get the same... I didn't get the same satisfaction from other animal-based identities. And I think, you know, I was going through a period where I really was sort of questioning who I was. Um, I had identified with animals for a long time, and for a little while I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll identify with this animal or with this animal. And I really found and sort of rediscovered in that process the reasons why being a puppy resonated with me so much. In ways that other sort of animal based identities
2: didn't
0: Okay, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense,
2: yeah, yeah, I think I think
1: piggybacking off what you said, um, Bobby, is like the 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 trans cat girl thing, uh,
2: I guess, like the the idea of it.
1: Just got it. Got really watered down, and it almost
2: felt like uh, I don't want to play out of myself. You know what I mean? Like the fun part about
1: being a puppy is the genuine expression of the emotions, rather than like when I've tried to go to like a cat girl thing, a cat girl phase. It just felt like I'm sort of pretending to be something and having to force these, these acts, these actions.
3: And it's like, I'm just not a cat, I'm not. I tried it, it didn't for feel a little natural. Bit. Right, it didn't feel natural. I tried it for a little bit and I think it was cool to like experiment with that, but it just didn't end up being for me, at least not at this point. Um, and you know, it's like, I, I'm a person who really likes animals and I have always strongly identified with animals. In general. Um, I love cats. I think cats are wonderful, both like people who are cats and also like physical, like felines. Um, but that's just not me. I can't be so, you know, some, so many of the personality traits that people associate with felines, like I can't be so, I don't know, aloof. Um, uh, you know, most cats, for example, really don't like to be touched or they have a more uh, sort of aloof relationship with touch. Um, And it's a lot easier to experience and to celebrate and to facilitate uh, really sort of healthy and affirming physical touch when you're in, like, a puppy role with somebody as opposed to being, like, a cat. Um, And so it's like... Physical touch as a method of communication, for example, and as uh, as a means of pair bonding um, really sort of meshed well with the whole puppy headspace in a way that, say, identifying with cats and playing a cat-oriented role didn't.
2: Do you find that to be the case as well,
0: Olivia?
1: yeah
2: yeah, exactly. Um exactly
1: the same where it just didn't feel like 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 I said before, um, it felt like I was trying to play a role for somebody else's
2: enjoyment instead of uh, instead of just enjoying yourself. um
1: I guess it's one of those things where everybody wants to, like I said, everybody wants to have a place where they fit in. And so it's easy to fall for the trap of this person is going to be kind to me if I act like this. So I'm going to like bend what I would be okay with being comfortable with and like playing as like the act of uh, just so you can get the attention from somebody. So I think once I realized that that is like an unhealthy way of going about it then the puppy girl like clicked so much easier cuz it's like oh no if if I if I do this and I'm happy with it then the people who want to see me be happy just inherently like gravitate towards you because they want to see you be happy
3: I found the same thing is like i didn't come across as charming and in like a cat sort of persona because i wasn't enjoying it as much and so much about being a puppy is taking that feeling at least for me is taking those feelings of enjoyment is taking those feelings of just really appreciating spending time with others and um just really like really appreciating them really holding space for them and those feelings became augmented too as a puppy and people could really see i think people really can see uh the level of enjoyment that i get out of it um and they respond to that positively and we can share uh these little moments like for example this past week i was at um, a friend's place it was just a little get together Um, and one of my friends was giving haircuts. And when it was time for, you know, me to get my hair trimmed, he goes, come here, girl. And I was like, and he goes, sit. And I sat in the chair, and I go, and, like, he could see, I, I think he could see that I enjoyed it that much and, like, wanted to participate in it with me and have a share that enjoyment. And it becomes really obvious
2: in that puppy role
0: okay that sounds a lot like sort of like what you would have noticed like coming up a lot so far right like the idea that this is a really sort of easy script to like use to um
1: it doesn't feel like a script almost at that point. Like, yeah. I guess I guess that's what that's what I mean by easy script to follow is that it's just like, oh no, I don't have to think about, am I going to do this wrong? Am I going to, am I going to mess up? Is somebody going to be mad at me for being a dog wrong? It's like no, that that's just sort of built in. It's just like you just don't think about it, and then it works.
3: Yeah, it's like you're just like you're just barking. I don't know. It's just like you're well, just the more the you think about it, the
1: easier it works. It seems like
3: right. It's just like you're you're. It's just like you're cute and silly, and you're having fun. And there's it allows me to shed a lot of anxiety. It allows me to shed a lot of anxiety, um, and that makes it really rewarding and fulfilling for me.
2: Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That makes a
0: lot of sense. How much of this so I mean like it sounds like this is not like a sort of like a purely well I don't is this is this like sexual for you guys? I know that I feel like so the reason that I said I wanted to have puppy puppy girls on was um because that came up in a previous episode. Um my guest was mentioning that um she has sex with a lot of like puppy girls and puppy boys. And I was like, that's the kind of person I haven't talked to on the show yet. But so is this like sexual for you guys? And if so, to what extent
1: it It is when I'm having like sexual interactions with people. Um, yes. it's not like it, it's not like it's it's a switch that really gets flipped on and off.
2: Um, it's more just a a partial role that you would play or you know, fill during the 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 act of sex, where you are it's hard it's really it's really hard
1: to to put into words because it's it's sort of just a being willing
2: to trust with less words than humans normally interact with, I think. Just being able to to kind of give a little wag or something like
1: that. And have there be like understanding between the two partners that like it is something that this person is enjoying, and not having to get caught up in the the sticky, gross part of like sex that can be words and having to, like, talk through it all and like where all those like misunderstandings can happen. and I don't know, like 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 you said earlier, puppy. It's just like I don't think there's many puppy girls who aren't autistic, so I think that's a big part of okay. it. Well, um, okay. Just because it's like if you try to talk in generally, it's hard. But if you try to talk during sex, holy, holy shit, it's so confusing. So it's just nice to to
2: again not have to think about thinking about thinking, and just being able to to do. It.
3: Yeah, I think that ties a lot to Olivia into what you said about having like a role or a script because communication is such an important part of good sex. And mm-hmm. for many autistic people, um, you know we find verbal communication hard. And so having these sort of, um, scripted behaviors really helps facilitate the communication. Um, in a way that doesn't exhaust me, that doesn't stress me out. Um, As far as being a puppy and that, like being a sex thing, um, you know, it didn't start out as a sex thing for me, uh, but it quickly acquired like a sexual dimension to it. Um, especially because, you know, there are, first of all, there are furries and some people are horny about being a furry, some people aren't, some people are sometimes and aren't sometimes. Um, and then there are sort of like kink pups, um, and leather pups and like leather is also something I'm really into. Um, uh, sorry, just sort of getting Yeah, so there are like kink pups and leather is something that I'm really into. Um, And I think that my sex life is definitely a part of my life that being a puppy informs, and it might be the part of my life at this point where that is, like, the most, like, puppy-fied, where I'm the most, like, where I'm, like, the deepest in sort of this puppy role um, is where it intersects with my sex life. Um, because, like, I really enjoy BDSM, um, I'm a submissive, I, and in a sexual context, I really enjoy, um, being bossed around, being sort of talked down to, um, you know, and also being, like, cared for and feeling taken care of, um, and being a puppy really provides a lot of space to make that happen um and then the other cool thing is that there's just like a lot of like wool um puppy gear uh that exists out there that you can incorporate into your sex life if you want to so i have like a gag that's shaped like a little dog bone um i also have like literal Uh, things that are made for actual dogs, um, both that I wear, like, collars and stuff, both that I wear, Mm -hmm. like, as fashion, and that get incorporated, um, into my sex life. Um, and so I found that this puppy role really meshes well with what I'm looking for, um, with regards to my sex life, um, and... Yeah, right now, I have, like, an owner um, who is in the other room, actually, and it's just a a dear friend of mine who has really sweetly um, taken on this role of, like, taking care of me, and I get to be, like, its puppy, um, and it's just really nice, just, like, and... Yeah. And we just have this friendship based around me being its dog, which is really cool. Um, So to sort of encapsulate an answer to your question, Jolene, it's not entirely a sex thing. But I would say that out of all sort of the areas of my life that are informed by being a puppy, my sex life is the most informed by being a puppy.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's really interesting.
1: And the collars are just fun. Oh my god, like they're, they're so cute. I wear a little, uh, you know, like a, like a metal ring collar that I don't have the, the key for, so it's just on 24-7 with uh, like my owner's name on it and her phone number, and it's like a very cute little, like, uh, you, know, you hear it jingle when you're moving around when you go bend over to pick something up. And then it jingles a little bit. And it's just those constant small reminders that you aren't alone. And it's very, it's very nice. Like it's, it's one of those things that just makes the world not feel so big.
3: It's really sweet. Um, Yeah. And I've gotten compliments too, like on collars I've worn. And I have to, and I'm like, thanks. It's an actual dog collar. Like it's for dogs. Um, And luckily, humans and dogs, like our necks are about the same size. and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's just like, like it's like collars are fun. Collars are cool. Collars are are cute. Um, and oh, and like literal dog collars are a great thing to look into if you want a cute accessory. Um, I have a, a plaid. So the record label sub pop this went around a little bit on Twitter, they released merch that were these red plaid, like black and red plaid collars that said sub pup on them uh, with like on a little tag. And it was like, they're four dogs and it's like a pun, but like, (laughs) it's so good. And so that along with this little choke chain is actually what I'm, is they're part of my, the part of my little
0: collection um i remember yeah. seeing that that was that was so funny i feel like they had to know right like they had to be like oh, yeah. oh well this is like a second right like we can yeah. we hit we hit two markets like this like we get both the the people that are <laughs> i don't know like aging aging grunge heads right that are like oh yeah this is cool and then like you get the the little the little sex freaks that are like hell yeah <laughs>
3: yeah it's and it's cute it's
0: a cute collar yeah i remember seeing it it looks cute
1: that reminds me of the one i saw last there was like a collar i saw last june where it was like a pride flag colored collar uh they were selling it petco or PetSmart or something it's like you, you know what you're doing You know what you're doing.
3: Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's like dog accessories are such a big market. And so many of them, especially the collars, like, will fit on your human body. So if you want to express yourself as a dog, that makes it really easy.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're usually relatively cheap. Like...
3: Oh, my God. So, like, if you go to, like, if you buy, like, a lot of, like, fashion, like, goth fashion collars and stuff will be, like, really expensive and usually made of, like... I don't know, pleather. Um, and the materials might just not be as nice. Um, it can be hard to be uh find something that fits you if you wear a larger size. Whereas it's like dog collars, like much cheaper, usually getting much better quality. Um like just they come in like a wide range of cuter designs. Um they'll fit if you have even if you have like a fat neck. Um and so it's like like, like, buy dog collars. Like, if you're reading this, buy and wear a dog collar. Like, an actual collar for dogs. You can get one online, go to the pet store and try one on. Like, whatever you want to do. Just, just, like, it's so cute and... It's like if you're into leather, if you just want like a cute accessory, a cute like someone once was told me I was wearing just like a plain black leather dog collar, and someone was like, "I want a choker like that," and I was like, "It's a dog collar from the pet store," um, and like they just like they're cute, they're fun, they're durable. It's just like like I don't know, collars are so much fun.
1: I am no. a big yeah. fan of the the metal the metal ones that that lock the key that you can't take off. Because then it's then you have like an actual like an owner, owner, and uh, you're kind of just at their. I don't know. It's it's nice to not have control over something,
2: right?
3: It's really nice to give up control. Exactly. It's really comforting and really and like that's what I talked about. Um, that has to do with what I mentioned earlier, how it informs my interpersonal relationships. In that, especially in. Um, like it it really allows me to give up control because it's like you know making decisions for yourself you're just a puppy um and it really provides a really good it really helps create a space to give up control in a way that's really nice and really calming um and just like feeling the, like you said, Olivia, the jingle, um, or just like the pressure of a collar on your neck, the pressure on its own too is really nice for me as an autistic person. But then there's also that other dimension of like, well, I'm a dog and this is my collar and it's, it's cute.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um,
0: Sorry, I'm trying to think of what I what I I still need to ask you guys about. I know both of you mentioned like having owners. Um, Is that like the same? Is that relationship? I guess how is that relationship? Tell me just like a little bit about the relationship. I guess I'll, I'll kick it to you guys to to start off describing it for me, and then I'll ask more questions about it.
2: Uh, Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it's just, it's, I have a a girlfriend. Uh, We live together. Um, She takes me on walks. I have her name on a, on a little uh, tag on my neck here. Uh, Her name is Maggie. I love her a lot. And uh, we've just been together for, we're almost talking for about a year now. And it's just a spot that we
2: both Feel is like just natural. I don't know. It uh, it just clicked, and
1: we've just gone with it. Like it just clicked into being something that
2: felt correct. And so then why why fight that? You know. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: For a lot of people, their owners are a romantic partner. Um, for me, I. A little bit before I um, sort of rediscovered being a puppy, um, I had gotten out of two, you know, I had been dating these two people. Um, we went through a pretty difficult breakup. And I, after having been in a relationship, um, conti- like since 2018 up until last June, I had always been dating somebody. Like I was never single during that period. And then before then, since like high school, I had been, um, like I had only been single for a period of like 18 months. So I was like always dating people. um, And some of them were good relationships, some of them weren't, or let's put it this way, some of those relationships worked better than others. Um, but after some really difficult breakups and some really sort of reflection on what I want my life to look like and how I want to be able to relate to other people, um, I decided to take a break from having romantic relationships, Um, but I was still, um, I, I mean, and this was around the same time I discovered being a puppy, um, I was still, like, hooking up because having sex is fun. Um, and I got involved sort of the past couple months with this person. And,
2: you know, we're, we,
3: um, we, like, we tend to define how our, relationship, saying relationship in the sort of generic terms of an interpersonal relationship rather than necessarily a romantic relationship. Um as a friendship. Um but that friendship is informed by a lot of things that make it um that make it a pretty cool and unique friendship. Um, like us both being lesbians for example and also um I'm, it's Puppy, um, and it helps, I'm actually doing this call from its bedroom because I've been hanging out with it this weekend, um, I have a little bit of, um, I've had some time off this month, and so I've been going around and visiting friends, and that's been really neat, and this has been a person I've been hanging out with a bit, um, and, but it just, like, checks up on me, and, like, you know, helps take care of me. It, like, makes sure that I take my meds and, uh, you know, that I'm getting enough sleep and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just really, and framing it in a sense where instead of, like, instead of saying, like, I'm going to be this person's girlfriend, instead of that saying, I'm going to be this person's puppy, obviously they're not mutually exclusive, but instead of approaching how I relate to other people in a romantic context, which is how often I approach things, or which is how I often approach things beforehand. um, And it stopped working for me, clearly. Um, I was just like, okay, well, I'll approach this interpersonal relationship as being this person's pet dog. Um, And I mean, it's just, um. Yeah, and I think people, there are a lot of people, especially people who are drawn to uh, people who really like to take care of others, um, mm-hmm. who like to, like, like the idea of having, like, a, a pet, like, like a puppy, uh, whether that's, like, a romantic relationship or just more of a friendly a relationship, or whether that's more of a sexual, whether it's really just a sexual relationship, which it could be, I'm sure it is for many people, um, I think that many people who look for that caregiver role are drawn to getting themselves involved with being somebody's caregiver, or oftentimes people will say mm-hmm. owner, um, and Many people who are puppies are looking for that, and yeah. so when when you're a puppy, people people want to take care of you. I've found, um, and it's yeah. nice to have those sort of interpersonal connections.
1: Like to to piggyback off the off that uh, folks who want to who want to care for other people, um, the the relationship that I'm in, in now. Uh it started off that way, where this this person had come to visit me when I was living with my previous owner, and saw that the the situation was like very bad, you know, quite abusive, quite bad, just a, just a bad spot for for me to be in, and uh, just like decided to steal me. And uh, it's all worked out a lot better, just because it's like, this person wants to care for me in that like puppy sort of sense. Like they, they just had that like kick in in their brain. And after that, it was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm this person's puppy because they actually like care and they, they just stole me event, you know, eventually. And I think that's like one of the,
2: most uh, attractive things and like uh, heart
1: you know just like heart melting things that they can that has ever happened to me it's just this person's you know saying like oh you're in this bad spot now you're coming with me now
2: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah I am you know I sort of had a I had a somewhat similar experience where um, and I don't want to get too much into detail because this is somebody who um, you know, I'm still on good terms with. We're still friends, and I'm not trying to like levy accusations or anything like that. And I'm not trying to like, you know, talk shit about anybody. Um, but I think that this person and I both know that our relationship wasn't working out. And in particular, I was trying to approach Receiving care in a romantic context. And I think this person just didn't have the capacity to really be a caregiver for me when that was something that I really needed out of a close interpersonal relationship. And so things didn't work out. Um, And now that I'm I've sort of reevaluated how I approach my interpersonal relationships, I find that approaching things in a way that's informed by being a puppy is really helpful. So, and again, for many people, they're really sh- like being a puppy doesn't form their romantic relationships. But for me, it was sort of a novel approach to be like, okay, well, instead of like being like this person's girlfriend, I can just be its dog, and it'll take care of me. And it was looking for something similar, um where it likes taking care of people, but wasn't really looking for another romantic relationship at that point. And so our wants and needs, uh, as far as our interactions with other people go, just really meshed and approaching approaching um, a relationship. With other with somebody else not in the sense of a romantic relationship um but in the sense of just like how you interface with another person with sort of be having the the caregiver pet dynamic at the center of that relationship has
2: worked out really well okay oh yeah that makes a lot of sense um
0: Hmm. sorry i'm trying to think where i'm (laughs) where i need to go next um i feel like you both gave like incredibly comprehensive answers to that question thank you so much um (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i guess like what's like the sort of i guess maybe like what's like the kind of um the sex specificity, like by which I mean like the sort of, I don't know, like you, you both are trans women. You're both girls. You're both also puppies. And then the sort of like appending puppy girl, does that feel like something more specific for you? And I guess maybe this is also a question I'm thinking, I've been thinking a little bit about sort of like um, the relationships between this kind of thing in itself and um i know it's like been brought up a couple times already right like the sort of um like pup play as it exists sort of like within like leather communities and then like also like furry communities as like to my mind these are all like three like kind of distinct but sort of aesthetically similar and you know there's maybe some overlap or you know crossing back and forth between them um of individuals participating in them um yeah, I don't know. I, I guess what what are your kinds of? Yeah. I know. I think was it puppy? You mentioned that you were really into leather before. Are you into leather at all, um, Olivia? Or is that not really? No,
1: I, I honestly, I find the I find the leather pup masks and stuff that I see. I those I I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't get behind that. Uh, those just kind of.
0: They call them like, um. They call them hoods. They get mad at you if you call them masks. I've been told.
1: Well, you're yeah, not gonna get mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it. It's just something that that, that personally I, I don't I'm not into. Um okay. and I have never really been much of somebody who is who is into the very hard aesthetic, like leathery type of stuff. Uh the the sexual part about being a puppy is just like going arf on the dick once in a while. Um for lack of a better term, like it's not so much something where I feel like I have to dress up in a specific way to do it. Um because most of the the puppiness is outside of of a sexual context. I I am more of a fan of like, you know, if sexual stuff is going to happen, it's more
2: guided by somebody else generally Um, so I just like to go along rather than really try to craft it in some specific way that gets me going the most efficiently.
3: For me I mean leather is for me like being a puppy something that I'm interested in um, in a non-sexual way that also um, informs my sex life. Um, like, I just think, I don't know, I think leather is cool. I think it's a cool material. Um, I And also, I think it, I mean, it turns me on. Um, and I have participated too in these leather dyke communities um, and done, like been to like, you know, community events and stuff. Um, and for me at least it's really cool to hang out with like hot dykes in like boots and leather jackets like it's exciting it's fun and like yeah it turns me on um and so in that in that it's something that I like just like outside of sex it also informs my sex life it's analogous to being a puppy for me personally the difference is that I don't feel like it informs my gender identity as much. like the idea of being like leather gender i'm sure if you found somebody out there they would have really cool stuff to, to talk about on this show um, but like leather as an idea doesn't inform my gender in the same way as like being a puppy does um, and, but within leather sort of communities there are also leather pups um, and one thing i really do like t- um to see too especially as a lesbian is like lesbian leather pups Um, because, like, so many, like, leather pups are gay men, and that's who you see, like, I think most represented within leather communities, and, like, within, like, leather pup communities and spaces, um, and, like, that's really great. Love gay boys. I'm a fujo, whatever. Um, but I'm not a gay boy. I don't really fuck gay boys. I'm a lesbian and I fuck other lesbians and I fuck mainly other lesbians. Um and I think it's really cool to see like lesbian representation um sort of within those spaces and it's one dimension um that I think inform that both um where The puppy part of my identity informs how I interface with that and how the, um, and how the puppy part of, and also informs, like, how I conceive of myself as a puppy. Um, I think, you know, sort of, like, being, like, a leather pup is, is sort of its own thing, um, and not everyone who's a puppy girl is, like, into that and that is itself a very sort of niche subculture that is largely a sex thing um and then you have being a furry which like can or cannot be a sex thing and then you have just like being a dog um and some people just identify with dogs and that can be completely outside their sex life um and those i think are three distinct but not discrete things Um, and I think all three of them while being different things all three of them inform my approach to sort of being a puppy and you might see different sides of that in different contexts you know obviously if I'm just palling around with people and barking we're not going to get into the whole sort of heavy bdsm leather pup thing for some of my more like for relationships and people where i'm um like for like more sexual relationships or like specifically like leather spaces and kink spaces yeah i will kind of like lean into the leather puppy thing harder um so i would say that they're three overlapping but definitely distinct things for me um it's a real open community.
1: People are kind of just cool with you doing whatever, you know?
3: Yeah. Everyone yeah, has their it's... own approach to, yeah. to being a puppy. And it, it's nice that people don't really...
1: At least I don't really see if, if people ever going, you know, oh, you're doing it wrong, actually. You know, like, people are generally pretty just chill with, oh, you want to be a dog? Cool, have fun. Go bark with some stuff.
3: Yeah, and, like, I love talking to other, like, puppies, because it's like, even we all have this we all have a different approach to being a puppy and being a dog and yet it's like we all have this thing in common where we're all like puppies and we all love to like bark um and that's really cool
2: oh
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense we're coming up around the hour mark which is where i usually try to keep episodes too are there any kind of closing thoughts that you want to offer us that we haven't covered already or anything like that
3: My closing thoughts are bow wow woof woof. Hell yeah! Uh,
1: I I think I think the big closing part here is with the the explosion of the amount of puppy girls that I've seen recently, just um around social media, like trans spaces and stuff, is like like getting into getting into puppy things in order to. Be validated as somebody who is like worthy of of sex is a very like like dangerous road to go down, um, and like letting other people sort of decide what you are going to be um, is is a really really dangerous road to be walking down. So if if you do feel like somebody you know if you do feel like you want to be a puppy make sure that you are thinking that and it's not somebody else trying to push you into something that might not be for you
3: yeah um and i think it's really great that you brought that up and i as somebody who has been a puppy and really conceived of myself as a puppy for a long time um i was really happy to see a lot of other trans women um Identifying as puppies, and see this these communities grow almost exponentially, um and I think you're right, Olivia. You shouldn't feel like you have to be a puppy because you want to fit a mole because you want to fit a model because that's how you yes. get validation. Um I would absolutely encourage anybody who's interested in it to try out being a puppy and see how that feels for them. Um, but ultimately, it has to come from, it has to click with you. The important thing is that it cl- that being a puppy clicks with you. And um, because when it comes from a place of your own self-expression, it's it, so much about being a puppy is about self-expression, at least for me. And I think that many people find, um, I think many people have a similar experience. And if you see all this puppy stuff going on and you feel like you want to participate in that community, then I think that's great. Um, And I would absolutely encourage anybody who's interested kind of in puppy stuff to find their own approach to being a puppy. Um, Just remember that In the end, it's about you because a lot of puppies have owners, but in the end, it's about ownership over yourself, ownership over your identity, ownership over your behavior, ownership over your thoughts. Just and really getting to stake a claim to who you are and how you want to interface with the world. we're,
2: We're doing it. We're doing it to enjoy, to enjoy being alive
1: you know so if you're doing it for somebody else's enjoyment it's it's just one of those things that doesn't pan out well in the end
3: the most important thing about being a puppy is having fun um and that's why i started getting into being a puppy that's what made it so self-reinforcing for me is that it's fun that's what brought me back mm-hmm. to it is that it's fun um and so and i think fun is like like good On its own. I think that everyone should have fun um, and just enjoy their life. And if, and many of us find that being a puppy speaks to us in a way that allows us to maximize our enjoyment of our own lives and to take control of our situations in a way that allows us to have a lot of fun. And that's what I think is really cool. And if anybody is, looking into getting into puppy stuff and being like okay well what does that mean what what should i look for again everybody's different um there's no one way to be a puppy but a good sort of test if you want to check in about about how you feel about it is am i having fun because for me being a Mm
2: -hmm.
3: being a puppy is really fun
1: that's a good barometer for anything in life though you know is is to take a step back and go Am I doing this because I'm having fun, or am I doing this because somebody else is telling me I'm having fun?
2: Not not just Puff, you just have everything in life. My... That's super real.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on here and for chatting with me and chatting with each other. Do you guys have anything you want to plug at the end of the show? Anything you want to send people's attention to that hasn't already been mentioned?
2: Um, I, uh, I got, uh, DJ Mixes,
1: if anybody wants to listen, on my Twitter, at P-U-P-G-R-L-P-D-X. Um, if you're ever in the, uh, Pacific Northwest area and you'd want to come out to a Puppy Girl, uh, rave, uh, follow me on Twitter, and, uh, there should be some going this summer. Oh,
0: yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun
3: pass on the promo thing um i just really appreciate having had the opportunity to come on here and to get to know you both and to talk to you both a little bit about being a puppy because it's something i really enjoy
0: yeah no this was great thank you guys so much for being here thank you thank you to the audience, thank thank you to you. The audience yeah. now for listening um thank you to lynn july for supplying our intro and outro music you can listen to more of her music at tinytachyon.bandcamp.com um, Everything's in the show notes. Check out the Patreon. Yeah, that is about it. Thank you guys.
2: Have a okay. good night. Bye-bye. Bye bye.